Hey everyone, and welcome to Chef AJ Live. I'm your host, Chef AJ, and this is where I introduce you to amazing people like you who are doing great things in the world that I think you should know about. Well, my guests today are certified health coaches, Rick and Teresa Starr. Please welcome them to the show. Nice to meet you guys. Hey there, Hi. Chef AJ. How are you doing today? That's so nice to see you. You guys wore matching colors. <laughs> we didn't We're plan very coordinated. it. We didn't yeah. plan that. It just happened. Yeah. But thank you so much for having us on the show. Well, yeah, thank you for contacting you. us. You know, that's how people don't realize. They go, contact this person to be on your show. And we don't do that. You When you're interested, just write us. And then we, we do our best to get you on as soon as possible. We know there's a wait sometime. Well, it sounds like whatever you guys do, you're on the same page. And I think that is so important when people are trying to affect healthy lifestyle or dietary changes to have both spouses is agreeing and it seems like you guys do yeah yeah, yeah we're, really we helps. are totally in this together i we, love it we've well, been in this for a long time oh how long well um, somewhere what, around 25 or 30 years there's been some off times and some on times i think a lot of people go through those kind of ups and downs you know i call it falling off the wagon um <laughs> but uh falling off the kale truck the kale oh, the truck, kale truck. <laughs> i like that that'll be our new our new way of saying it but we <laughs> But we've been at this a long time. Our, our last stretch has been, I would say, 15, 17 years. Yeah. So, and yep. re red meat has been 30 years easy. Easy. That's yeah. amazing. I would love to hear all about your journey when you became vegan or plant-based and why. Yeah. Well, we've got well, a PowerPoint that we prepared and it kind of goes into that a little bit. Would you like us to share that? I love it. I personally love when guests have PowerPoints because it, I look and pay attention. Not that I don't pay attention when you don't have a PowerPoint, <laughs> but there's something about PowerPoints that it just, it draws me in. All right. Awesome. Well, let's, uh, let's jump in then. We'll just give you, go to, go to the PowerPoint and um, you can see where we're at with this. So um, hang on one second. Okay. So like you said, when you introduced us, we are Rick and Teresa Starr. Um, and we have a website called I Thrive at Life, which is, of course, where we deal with a lot of health and wellness issues, as well as relationships. That's kind of one of our other things that we deal a lot with. Um, and uh, basically, our, our motto is that we teach people um, mental and emotional techniques and lifestyle habits to help people win at relationships and thrive at life. And so whole food plant-based living is definitely a big part of thriving at life. So that's yeah. why we're including that with our thriving at life skills. So let's go to our next slide. All right, so we love to use evidence-based values-driven coaching strategies and really self-coaching strategies because we want the people to be able to be successful on their own so that they can win the mental emotional game of optimal weight and wellness through a whole food plant-based lifestyle. And we've been eating whole food plant-based for over 25 years. As Rick mentioned, there's a few little breakups in there and we'll tell you about that in a minute. Um, but really over 25 years and it's made such a difference in our health, in our wellness, in our energy and enthusiasm for life. And as certified professional health and wellness coaches, we really love to help people see the difference that a whole food plant-based lifestyle can make in their life. And it's especially exciting for those who are dealing with cardiovascular disease to help them recognize that they can prevent and reverse cardiovascular disease or other health challenges. So um, in 2020, we put together a course called Whole Food Plant-Based Adventure, and we taught it in our community. It was actually, um, I, Chef AJ, I remember that you had Neil Nedley on your show. 
And I taught his course or facilitated his course in my community with a few other members of our community. And the week three of his course is about, is called nutrition for the brain. So I, I was the only one that was eating plant-based and I said, Hey, I really want to facilitate this one. And as we taught that or facilitated that, that segment or that module, um, people were like, what is that? Like, I don't get, I don't know what that is. And so, so I said, Hey, well, I'll put a course together. You guys want to do it. And all these people were like, yeah. So we had like 30 people broke them up into two groups and they came over to the house and, and we were cooking and teaching about the science and um, then COVID hit. And when COVID hit, we had to take it all online. So we put that course together online, but what we, and, and people loved it and they made great progress and they saw their cholesterol come down and their triglycerides come down. Um, most people really, really enjoyed it. They loved making the different foods, but what we found was that over time, now it's been three years since then, and some of them have fallen off the kale truck. <laughs> <They've>, <laughs> you know, there's, they, they want to do it. They know their health. Some of them have diagnosis from their doctor saying, hey, you really need this. But there's a lot of emotional and mental stuff that gets in the way when we try to make a lifestyle habit, even though we know we need to, we want to, or maybe we want to want to change, but we really struggle sometimes. Now for us, where we've been doing it so long, it's not hard for us. Like we love it. It's our lifestyle. But I think when people first start to make the change, they need some mental, emotional support, as we said, to help them win the, uh, the game of optimal weight and wellness. The, the mental, emotional game. Well, what did I say? <laughs> Just win the game. Oh, yeah, yeah. The but... mental, emotional game. <laughs> and also, you know, so that they don't sabotage, sabotage themselves, but really find a way to move forward. And so that's how we came to do to put together what we're going to share with you right now. And one, while we were teaching that course, one of the things I noticed, um, Teresa put together part of the course was, of course, teaching the, the, the preparation of food and that kind of thing. But um, toward the end, there was about 20 minutes where she would teach about the mental, emotional, um, you know, winning the, the skills to win the mental, emotional game of, of eating in a new way for a lot of these people. And it was interesting how they were very interested in what she taught there. I mean, they thought they were just coming for like a cooking thing, but, but when they started learning about how to coach themselves and think, think things through and, and win that mental emotional game, there was a, a particular interest in that. Um, and, and so they just loved that part. Mm -hmm. So they, they didn't keep it up, you know, because they didn't stay in the game, but um, well, we, and we'll, the class we'll talk ended. About, so yeah. And the class so, ended. and so our, our hope is that we can share with your audience um, just some tools that people can find. They can help themselves online, knowing the names of some of the tools and strategies that can help them be strong as they're making this transition. Yep. So I just want to start by sharing um, a little metaphor with you about willingness and readiness to take action and improve your health with a whole food plant-based diet. So, you know, um, this is what I like to, to share with people. What if this happened to you? Let's say you wake up in the middle of the night and you discover fire all around you. And right in front of you, there's this firefighter who says, this is an emergency. Your building is on fire. Your life and health depend on you taking action now. What would you do? Like leave. most of us, we, what, <laughs> what did you say? There. I would leave. Exactly. Yeah. Like you'd get out of there. The building's on fire. And and most of us would, but it is possible that there would be some people 
who might hesitate? Maybe they have something in the other room that they want to rescue because they don't want it to get consumed in the fire. Or maybe some people might be fearful of the discomfort of running out of the burning building for fear that it's going to be hot, although it's going to get hotter. So they got to get out, <laughs> right? But some people fear discomfort. And most of us would say, well, crazy, get out of the building. And yet some people might feel a little paralyzed at the fear of getting out. Um, so it's possible that each of us is in a burning building in one way or another, right? Um, we're, we might be hesitant. We might be hesitant to change what needs to be changed because we don't like and we even fear the discomfort that change can bring. So let's just, let's just take this analogy and bring it home to a whole food plant-based eating. Um, Dr. Mike, Dr. Michael Greger, which I'm sure many of your listeners have heard of, um, he asked this question, what is the leading risk factor for death in the US? Well, it's not burning buildings. Um, the leading risk factor for, for death in the US is what we eat. It is what we eat. And people often blame heart disease on genetics, but Dr. Greger states otherwise. He says, studies shows that our genes only account for 10 to 20% of the risk. The number one cause of death in America is the standard American diet. And research shows that cardiovascular disease is largely preventable. All right, so um, 30 years ago, I found myself in, a, in my own burning building. It was burning and I didn't even know it. I was 29 years old and we had three little boys. We were living in Utah. Um, our home was Arizona, but we were living <clears throat> in Utah at the time. And one of our little guys had a very serious health um, condition. So we were in and out of the hospital. I was under a lot of stress without the support of our family at home. And so it was really an overwhelming time. I didn't know anything about eating whole food plant-based. I had heard the word vegan, but I thought, what is, what is that? I didn't really know what it was. <laughs> what do those people eat? <laughs> <laughs> they yeah. just eat salad? What? Ooh. Yeah. I just really didn't know. But here's what happened. I started having episodes of blindness in one eye. I'm 29 years old. And it was like somebody had a dimmer switch on my left eye and it would go completely black. And I'd be sitting there. If I covered my good eye, I was in the dark completely. And it would last for one minute or five minutes. The longest one was 60 minutes. And it was so scary. And um, I remember um, it happening when you were driving, you know, and it, it just scared her to death. She'd pull off the road and Anyway, I had one good terrible. eye, but the other one yeah. wasn't working. So it was very, very terrifying. And, you know, at the time doctors were saying, oh, you're too young, you're 29, you're too young to have a stroke. I mean, it is a symptom of a stroke. It sounds like a stroke, but, or at least a TIA, a mini stroke. And they said, but you're too young. It's probably a migraine. So they treated me for a migraine and, and that didn't do anything. So, um, but they were, they kept saying, it can't be a stroke. You're just too young. And now we know research shows lots of people have strokes when they're younger, as you know, when they're under a lot of stress. And, you know, we were we were not horrible eaters, but like it would be pretty common on a weekend for us to have a half gallon of ice cream that we'd eat. Certainly pizza. Yeah. Pizza, Friday night pizza. Friday night pizza. And then cheese. between the two of us, we could eat a half gallon of ice cream over the course of a Friday and Saturday night. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, we were eating the sad standard American diet 
And um, anyway, so tell me about your friend. Well, at work. I, I had a friend. Um, he was actually my boss at work, and he was he was doing something like bringing six apples to work every day. And of course, that caught my attention. And and I asked him about it. He says, "Well, I'm trying to." He was he wanted to lose weight, but he was telling me about just kind of a new way of eating, which was basically plant based. Um, this is about 30 years ago, so it wasn't what it is today, but. Uh, but as far as the information, he, yeah, he started giving us the information a, a little bit about, you know, eating plant-based, but then also your sister, um, yeah, my sister, you on to, uh, Dr. Dr. McDougal. McDougal. Yeah. My sister so. told me about Dr. McDougal and, and so, you know, my building was on fire. So I was serious about it. And for me at that point in time, I didn't have a hard time switching because I thought, okay, this is all I can do to help myself. And uh, within, I would say it was less than two months, those TIAs stopped and they had been going on for several months. And so we were really religious about eating whole food plant-based, did so well. And then five years later, we got pregnant with our daughter. And, you know, when you're pregnant, you just don't feel like eating anything and you kind of, you start caving weird stuff. So we fell off the Caltruck and <laughs> we... Um, I started, you know, just going back to the old way of eating. And by the time I was five months pregnant, I started having the TIAs again. And this time I was having them in one eye or the other, which was really scary because if they both went out at the same time and when you're sitting in the dark, you don't know if that light's going to come back on. So it was really scary. So um, my gynecologist or my OBGYN sent me to a, a cardiologist and he listened to my story. I told him that eating a plant-based diet had made a big difference and that they'd gone away for several years. And he said, um, I'm convinced this is TI these are TIAs and you need to go back to what worked for you. Because he said, I can't treat you the way I would normally treat somebody. If you weren't pregnant, we'd put you on blood thinners and, and we'd be able to help you. But being that you're five months pregnant, we can't do anything about it. So he said, go back on the plant-based diet. And as soon as you have this baby, come back in and we need to do some serious workups on you. But they had done all the tests and, and did determine that those were definitely TIAs. So I went back on the plant-based diet and within about a month, the TIAs went away completely. They've never come back. Um, I didn't go back to the doctor and I kind of wonder if he <laughs> thinks I died. <laughs> I don't know, but, um, or maybe he thought I followed his advice and which is what I did. I, I followed it as advice, went back on a plant-based diet and it made all the difference. Mm -hmm. Um, so, uh, you know, at the time, and he was able to show me, I had high cholesterol and high blood pressure. My triglycerides were way high. And then he did all these other tests to actually show that it was a TIA. And yet having a plant-based diet really made a difference. Mm -hmm. And so um, I've just been really grateful that I found the whole food plant-based diet. And even though information was limited, we're very blessed nowadays because we have so many resources out there on the internet and so many amazing doctors. And I think the thing that really cemented us in, in this lifestyle, uh, this way of eating was when we saw um, forks over knives. Oh yeah. And, and that's when we really uh, took the plunge deep into it. We, we were eating, some meat occasionally, just some, well, some white meat before that, but it was very occasionally. Well, back up just a little bit. Okay. So we stayed on a whole food plant-based diet for many, many years. And then uh, when we moved up 
to Utah and it was cold here, that's when we started eating a li- just a little bit of meat because someone told us, oh, you better eat meat. You got to get meat on your bones because it's cold out up there. So, <laughs> so we started eating a little bit of meat and then we really did kind of fall off the kale truck again. But we had been doing it, I would say, by that point, about 10 Years. We, we still had one foot in the kill truck. Yeah, we were just one kind foot of in the kill truck. But, but even but. doing that, I didn't get, I didn't start having TIAs again, but I started having really high blood pressure spikes. And that was a wake up call. And then we had a friend tell us about, hey, we're doing this thing, forks over knives. And we're like, oh, yeah, what happened to us? Like two years. Yeah, and gone. when we watched that, it, it really. We watched that and it's like, Okay. Done. Yeah. Back and that to was the... 17 years ago. Yeah. So, so yeah. we've been really committed ever since then. Uh, so, let's go ahead and click all right. the next slide. So here. You, you... Well, look what we'd have, look We're what I here. would have missed. The <laughs> yeah. whole food plant-based diet really did save my life. And had I not made the change, I would have missed our five amazing kids. We have three kids-in-law, um, two daughter-in-laws and a son-in-law, and we have three beautiful grandkids. And I might have missed that. Either I wouldn't have been here or I wouldn't have been fully here. So mm-hmm. I am so grateful to have found a whole food plant-based diet. It's made all the difference, um, not just being here, but also being here and feeling well and healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, before starting a plant-based diet, I never went running. And, and we go running all the time. We have energy to do that. And it's just amazing. Yeah, it's been so, great. Um, yeah, so I just really know that um, the choice is mine. It's been ours. And even though we fell off the kale truck we're back on and we're back on to stay and and that's why we like helping other people um maybe if i would have had some emotional mental tools i might not have ever fallen off the kale truck so Mm -hmm. so that's why we like to share our message that we share excellent so yeah so now we're back to that uh the the analogy the metaphor of the of the uh the fire but um, really, it's the, the fire is within us. You know what's what's going on with our own health, and and what are we willing to do, and how can we sustain that lifestyle, mentally and emotionally, um, so that we can keep going um, until until it's really cemented in our lives. So, and I know your audience is very very familiar with all of these numbers that the cardiovascular disease is the leading cause of death, thousands, hundreds of thousands of deaths every year. Is the third leading cause of death worldwide. And also diabetes is the seventh leading cause of death. And all of these diseases can be prevented. Preventable. Yeah. And, and with cardiovascular, they've got evidence that it is reversible with the plant-based diet. And I think mm-hmm. I'm evidence of that because mm-hmm. the TIA stopped not just once, but twice. And um, yeah, made yeah. a big difference. So um, uh, here's a quote from the Physicians Committee on Responsible Medicine. Groundbreaking research shows that a plant-based diet doesn't just prevent heart disease, but that it can manage and sometimes even even reverse it, just adding to what we were just talking about. And Dr. Greger talks about how it is the only proven diet to reverse heart disease. So that's pretty incredible. So what we're what we like to talk about is the mental and emotional part, that piece of um, optimal weight and wellness with a whole food plant based lifestyle. This this is that's why we do this. So um, why don't you introduce this? Well, we've come up actually. This was this was this secret sauce. It stands for things that will help support you and help you find that whole food plant based success. So knowing the science and 
getting yourself, meaning your mental emotional state in line. This is the, this is the sauce part. This She's spelling sauce. right. So I'm the first S is science. Yes. yes. The second this, S is self. Mm-hmm. And the, and the o, o is your connection with others. Cause sometimes that can sabotage people. And, um, then your surroundings, getting your surroundings so that they support you in a plant-based diet rather than having all kinds of treats around you that are tempting you. And then the last one is skills. It's so important to learn the skills that make living a whole food plant-based diet easy. And so that's what we're going to dive into right now. So let's start with the first S. Just real quick, well, the kind of the opposite of this is a lot of people approach change in their lives with just kind of a willpower mentality. Mm -hmm. I'm going to muscle through this and I'm going to do this. And this is the way it's going to be. Um, And studies show that just approaching a change in your life with just willpower um, doesn't work as well as basically setting up your life for success, setting up your surroundings, your relationship with others. Um, setting it all up so that you have an environment that you're living in that that promotes the success of the change you're trying to make. And so that's what the secret sauce is all about. So let's get saucy. Okay. (laughs) All right. So the first S in sauce is the science again. And so this is the science of whole food plant-based nutrition. It's also the science of positive psychology and coaching that can help you be successful. So this is just a handful of the many doctors, experts, and nutritionists that are out there really helping us. There's, there you are, Chef AJ, AJ. because you're one of those experts that's really out there supporting people, making it easy for people to be successful at this lifestyle that is going to benefit them for the rest of their lives. So we owe, it's an honor to be next to Dr. Clapper. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we owe so much to all of these doctors and nutritionists and, and experts and, and to you as well, chef AJ, because you're doing such great work with a podcast today is just incredible. So yeah, that's amazing. we, We are amazed with all the work that you do in the summits and everything. So thank you. But not only that, um, Harvard as well supports this idea. Um, They recently put out a mini course called A Guide to Cognitive Fitness. And your number one health goal is your cognitive fitness. And um, look what they've listed as number one, eat a plant-based diet. Wow. You know, it's above exercising regularly, above getting enough sleep and above managing your stress. Up at the top, they put eating a plant-based diet. We're like, go Harvard Medical School. Thank you <laughs> for support. validating this. Yeah. Do you want okay. To- yep. So, um, so let's talk a little bit about the science. What what we really want to do here is build up your why or the evidence of why whole food plant-based is good for you and how it will improve your health. Um, one of the ways of doing this, for example, is just by listening daily to a podcast mm-hmm. like yours where you basically are getting that science um, kind of, um, you know, strengthened in your life. Um, You see it every day and it becomes kind of, that builds up your why. Um, It helps you in decisions and it motivates you. So, you know, when I see, like I used to love hot fudge brownie Sundays in my time when I was off the kale truck and I loved that. And, and yet I knew it wasn't good for me. Um, But when I have been motivated by continually learning the science, listening to the doctors, listening to the experts, reading the books, that motivation, I can look at that, you know, those hot fudge brownie Sundays and just be like, no, thank you. Because I know there's something so much better. I have a really big why because of the science, because of what I've learned. 
And and the research shows the benefits for eating whole food plant-based uh, as well as the consequences for not doing so. So it gives you kind of a why you should do it, but also kind of what happens if you decide you know, not to do it. So really just kind of immersing yourself in the science just a, a little bit every day. It, it's like, like good exercise. And I feel so, like for me, like when we first started this, you know, I knew that my, my health, my, you know, I, I was ready to have a stroke any day. And, and I knew that it, it was severely going to compromise my life. So that was kind of that threat. And so sometimes, you know, that threat of what can happen if you're eating the standard American diet is a really good motivator and it can really help us. But then it's also fun to focus on the benefits as well and to see those benefits coming to pass in your life. And I just have to say, I love this picture of the dad with his daughter, because, you know, sometimes when we tell people that we eat plant-based, they're like, oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> you know what I mean? And they think that we're missing out and we're like, no, no, we love this lifestyle. We get to eat vibrant, amazing foods. We appreciate food. I think more when you eat a plant-based diet, your palate changes and, and the gooey, icky stuff no longer has that flavor, but, but when you eat a pepper and, and it squirts juice at you and it, you know, and it's just it so tasty great. and crisp, sweet. you really, you notice the sweetness of food. So I just love this picture of the dad and he's really helping this little girl um, enjoy the, the beautiful plants and vegetables that we get to eat. And they are just like nature's yeah. candy. So let's go to some of the tools um, that are part of this. We really turn a lot to coaching science and psychology to just talk about this. Um, and we use this uh, picture of an iceberg because a lot of people have heard about SMART goals. You know, that's kind of, well, set some SMART goals and that'll get you, you know, going to where you want to want to go. Um, but there's a lot of other tools that people can em employ in their lives. Um, when they need them. And so we wanted to also talk about some of those things that you don't see quite as often that are kind of the other part of the iceberg. So, um, so and smart goals are great. I mean, it's good to, to know how to set goals and, you know, to set those smart goals, but there's a lot of resources online and these, these, um, models that we're sharing with you, they're out there. People can find them online, but they are evidence-based positive psychology and psychologists use these with in their therapy as coaches we use them in sharing techniques with our clients and they're really helpful to help people again get their mental emotional game in order um, so the first one is the stages of change and this can help people discover how ready they are for change most importantly it can help them get ready um, just to move forward. It's really important. Sometimes, you know, we get excited about a plant-based diet and we, we know somebody struggling with their health and we just want to get them into the whole food plant-based lifestyle. And studies show that that doesn't work. Um, it has to be their idea. So instead of pushing people to change, it's far better to gently nurture them through, first of all, through just through an example, but also just nurturing them through the stages of change. And we'll actually go through the stages of change real briefly to show you um, how helpful that can be. Um, the second one is called appreciative inquiry. 
And this uh, model invites you to create the vision of what you want. It's like a blueprint for a house. You're going to be much more successful building a house if you have a blueprint. And the same with beginning a whole food plant-based lifestyle. It's where you envision the health and wellness you want to enjoy and you focus on those benefits and um, also envision yourself being successful in the process. Sometimes people envision themselves not doing well. They're like, oh, I could never switch. I could never give up my cheese. I could never give up this or that. And so they're envisioning what will go wrong instead of envisioning, yeah, I can do that. And I can actually see myself enjoying health and vitality if I eat this way. And so that vision is going to be what carries them over and helps them resist the temptation to fall off the kale truck. And one of the key points here is, is envisioning the process. Studies have shown that if you envision not just the end result, but the process of getting mm -hmm. there, it really makes a huge uh, difference in your success rate. Um, something as simple as envisioning before you go to the store, envisioning what you're going to buy in the store. Um, what, where am I, what aisle am I going to go down? I'm going to go to the produce section. I'm going to buy the, the fruits and vegetables and, and that's all I need. And then I'm going to, I'm going to leave. And so maybe I, even, in, oh, sorry, go well, ahead. just, just envisioning the steps mm -hmm. is really important. Yeah. I was going to say, uh, to add on to what Rick just said, envisioning saying no to that hot fudge brownie Sunday and envisioning saying, no, thank you. I don't want cheese on my pizza, but I would love extra veggies even envisioning down to those steps can really make a difference when you're confronted in the moment. So ahead of time, you're envisioning, and then in the moment, you're strengthened by having envisioned that success. All right. And the next, uh, the next tool that, is, that we often refer to is cognitive behavioral techniques. And in the world of psychology, this is kind of considered the gold standard to help people gain an awareness of their own thoughts and their emotions and their behaviors and how they can kind of reframe them toward an improved health and wellness outcome. That's cognitive behavioral um, technique. And then the next one, why don't you talk about the Okay, next the one? next one is called ACT. And it's acceptance and commitment techniques that help you focus on your values. So your values, for example, in my story, my values was I really did not want to, you know, die or, or be, um, in a bad situation where I couldn't live a normal life and he would have to take care of me. I wanted to be able to be healthy and well, and I especially wanted to take care of our children. So that was a value was health and wellness and being there to raise my kids. So our values really drive us forward. And so in acceptance and commitment techniques, you are able to focus on what is most important to you and doing that makes it so that you can endure some of the discomfort. I mean, you know, we love living a whole food plant-based lifestyle. We've lived it for a long time. It comes easy for us, but in the beginning and obvious by our track record, having fallen off the wagon a few times, um, it can be tricky. And so I wish we would have known at that time, if we could really have held on to that value the values of family, of values of strength and wellness. I think that would have helped us when the temptation came to, you're at a family party, everybody's having this or that kind of food and you feel a little awkward. So you go ahead and start eating. And of course, once you start eating, you find yourself you know, really addicted and going back for more. And so holding on to what you value and just in your head thinking, okay, you know what, that looks really good. 
And yes, I want to be and socialize with these people, but I care too much about the health and wellness and being here for my family. So I'm going to find something else to eat, or mm -hmm. I don't even need to eat. I can just you know, have a drink of water or, mm -hmm. or whatever, but really hanging on to our values can make a difference. And it can even help get us through the hard times and the discomfort of having to say no when everybody else is having that hot fudge right. Sunday or whatnot. And, and really CBT and ACT um, are, are both um, techniques that allow you to, well, they, they help you with how, how you process mm -hmm. your thoughts, feelings, and emotions and how you, um, you increase your focus on values in your life. They both work a little differently, but toward the same end. Um, so they're very, really great techniques. And one of the things that I like to, just a simplified version of, of how we apply these tools is the three ends. I, I love these, the three ends are so helpful, basically to notice, to name, and to navigate. So when you notice, you're aware of kind of what your thoughts, feelings, and emotions are. Um, and then you, being able to name, that's where your science comes in is because if you have a, if you've had an kind of educated yourself about a topic, then you have the ability to, um, to name what's going on in your thoughts and your feelings. Am I stuck in a thinking trap or what's, what's getting at me right now? Am I depleted? Is that why I'm kind of defaulting to eating the wrong things? It helps you to think through that and then navigate, of course, is where your skills come in. You're able to navigate uh, your thoughts, feelings, and emotions when you have the skills to do it. And so that's what this is all about. Yeah. And we'll go into that a little bit more in just a okay. second. Sorry if I got ahead no, of No, you're good. <laughs> um, so just real quickly, we wanted to talk about the stages of change. Now, this model has been around since the 70s, and it first came out helping people to um, stop smoking. And they wondered, as the research were studying it, why do some people seem to be able to just say, yep, I'm done smoking, I'm quitting. And then other people really struggle with it for years. And um, what they found is that people have to decide to change. They can't be pushed, they can't be forced. It has to be their idea if it's going to be a lasting change. And so here real quickly are the stages of change. You want to click that again. Mm -hmm. um, the pre-contemplation stage is where they're not even thinking of change. I mean, before I had a TIA, I would go on an occasional diet here or there, but I really wasn't serious about, never dreamed I would be eating vegan, right? Um, just It just never even entered my mind. So the pre-contemplation stage, you it's like you don't know what you don't know. You don't know that there's a better way to eat. Or another time you can be in the pre-contemplation stage is maybe you've tried to um, eat plant-based and maybe you failed, or that's kind of a harsh mm. word, but maybe you've fallen off you the wagon. Your perspective is that Yeah, you, you feel that you mm -hmm. failed. And, and that's so hard emotionally. You know, when, when we don't do as well as we want to, we really can beat ourselves up and that inner critic gets really loud. And, you know, when a baby falls down, a baby gets back up right? And they just start walking again. But as adults, sometimes when we fall down, we're like, forget it. That was painful. I beat myself up so much and I felt so much shame. I'm not even going to try it again. So that's what pre-contemplation is. You're just kind of like, nope, either I don't know, or I don't want to know that there's a different way to live. And then the next one, do you want to share that one? The next one is the contemplative stage. This is where you are aware that there's a problem. 
Do you want to take that one? Um, yeah, let's, this is kind of, you want to want to change. Mm -hmm. You may not be sure how, and your mindset and your motivation is not quite ready to make that change. And really when you're in this type of stage and you're aware of it, you notice it, um, this is when you want to start building up your whys. And which basically is a, a comparison or, or looking at the cons of doing something or not doing something and the pros. And generally we, you know, we focus on what the cons are greater than the pros. That's, that's because it's change. You're making a change in your life. And what we want to do at, at this stage of change is we want to switch that around and build up your whys so that your why is much bigger. And that's where, you know, again, science can come in to help you educate yourself. And, but not only that, just thinking about things like, you know, the picture of our family earlier, um, thinking about those type of whys, your own children, your grandchildren, wanting to be there for them, wanting to be um, having a quality of life uh, as you, you know, as you continue to age, that type of thing can also increase your why. So, um, that's kind of what the stage, the contemplation stage is. Yeah, and when you come into the contemplation stage, you do have a lot more cons about reasons why I don't want to change. But mm -hmm. then as you build your why through studying the science, through thinking about what you really value in your life, then you get your whys to be much bigger. And that gets you ready to move on to the next stage, which is called da, 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 the preparation. preparation stage. And this is when you're intent on making a change. You really do say, okay, I recognize that this could be a really good thing. I could improve my health and, and I want that. I want to really try. And so you're preparing at this stage, you're watching Forks Over Knives and you're listening to Chef AJ every day. And you're really preparing yourself physically. Maybe you're cleaning out your pantry and learning some skills um, this and is then, where you're kind of applying that secret sauce. You're setting up yes. your life for success as you move forward. Right. You're getting all set up, preparing to make the change. And then the next one is actually the action where you're diving in and you're saying, I'm doing this. I may not be perfect, but I really am serious about getting into a whole food plant-based lifestyle so that I can enjoy all the benefits that I learned about in the preparation stage. And then you get to the maintenance stage, which I think we feel like we're in the maintenance stage for mm -hmm. the most part, mm -hmm. um, that, that we live it. And it's easy. It's not even hard anymore. It's just what we do. Um, there could be the next one is the uh, relapse. There could be an occasional time where, you know, maybe we made a whole food plant-based treat, but we ate too much of it, right? Or, or maybe we said, oh, these guys are having chips. I'm just going to eat one. And then it ends up being a few more. But really, I think when you've been on a plant-based diet for a while, um, those other foods don't make you feel good and you really notice a difference. So it's really easy to, you know, if you do relapse, it's really easy um, to, to want to jump back into preparation and action and maintenance because you don't feel good when you eat the standard American diet and you feel so much better when you're eating those whole plant yeah. foods. And again, when you, when you hit like a relapse, this, this is a cycle. And, and if you apply the tools, right, you're cycling upward. Mm -hmm. Even when you, even when you hit a relapse, um, you learn how to process that so that it, it doesn't become 
a, a failure, but it becomes a learning opportunity. It's what we we're talking about. Yeah, and there's and one so, more little click that's oh, okay, going to show here we the, go. <laughs> so <laughs> that's what um, I was talking about. Yeah, if you have that relapse, then you can choose to learn from it, and that's a really big thing is to have that growth mindset rather than being stuck and saying, oh, well, I failed, never again. I'm just going to sit in the pre-contemplation phase. No, no, it's all about this upward spiral. And if we if we have a hard time, we just say, okay, what did I learn from that? Oh, I learned I really can't keep chocolate in the house. Or I learned I need to, what? Uh, uh, well, I need to arrange my kitchen differently yeah. so that so that the things I want for my health are easily accessible and the things I don't want are maybe just not even there, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so Chef AJ, before we move on to the self part of our secret sauce, I'm just curious if you have any questions or thoughts that you wanted to add into this. No, this is, this is amazing and so useful. I'm just curious when you work with people, are, we talked about at the beginning how both of you guys are on board and it makes it easier. Are you still able to work with people if like family members aren't on board? Because it just seems like it's going to be so much harder. Uh, that's true. That is definitely an element. Um, it, you know, your relationships are huge. The social aspect of making a change in how you live your life is huge. And that's why we put others as part of the secret sauce. Others um, includes things like what do you say how and how do you say it to people who are close to you so that they um if they're not supportive or or don't do exactly what you're going to do that at least they can they can buy into supporting you in what you want to do another part of the others uh, part of the secret sauce is is finding that community that is supportive so there's a couple of aspects both the communication aspect and finding those who will support you Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's definitely, we, we teach people how to talk to other people about, you know, what their needs are and, and how, what support they need and making a request for the support that they need. And also, yeah, we'll, we'll dive in a little bit deeper. We won't go super deep on that one because the self one is the one that we're going to have some real meat on that one. But we will go a little bit more into the others part because that's a huge part. And in fact, that's, that's one of the parts that derails a lot of people when they're trying to start a whole food plant-based lifestyle is the others within their home or their community. Yeah. I mean, when you go to like a family reunion or a social, you know, a party or something um, and everybody's kind of eating one thing and, and you're kind of hanging back a little bit, or you're just, uh, you're, you're building your plate a little differently than they are. You, you get comments, you know, oh, Every, yeah. we've all experienced it. People say, Hey, I noticed you're not eating the, you know, the meat or whatever. And um, yeah, I, I eat whole food plant-based, you know, and, and it's interesting <laughs> the different reactions you get from people. Sometimes they feel judged immediately and you haven't said and a you thing. haven't been judging them. Um, and, and sometimes they make funny comments. And of course, you know, where do you get your protein always comes out. Or, or sometimes but, people say, why don't you eat protein? And yeah. they say, oh, we do eat protein. It's, 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 it's everywhere. It's a plant-based protein, but we eat protein. Well, where do you get protein other than meat? You know, I mean, people really don't, a lot of people really don't know. So um, yeah, it's quite a balancing act. And we'll talk a little bit more about that in a bit, but I, I just re- was reminded of a story when we first moved back to Arizona 
um, we went to a party for our church. It was just a gathering and, and people had been cooking roast beef all day in the, in the pits, in the ground. And, and it was this really big deal, this barbecue. And, and we come in there and we, we get the bun and we put the lettuce and the tomatoes and the peppers on it or whatever, you know, whatever veggies they had. I can't remember cucumbers, who knows. Mm-hmm. And we made these wonderful veggie sandwiches that we didn't feel deprived at all. In fact, honestly, when I look at meat, I, it is repulsive to me now. And it didn't start out being that way, mm-hmm. but I, I just was like, you know, and didn't look at it because it kind of made me sick. The barbecue sauce smelled good, but the, the meat was really grossing me out. So I was totally, we were both totally content and people were just staring at us <laughs> like we were from another planet. This was a couple of years ago. Yeah, it was about 20 years ago, actually. And uh, they, you know, they just, they just thought we were so strange. And so we just have to have a sense of humor is a really big, yeah, a really big thing. And I think it's so important not to make them feel judged. Let right, them know, you know, everybody, you know, I, I think otherwise a wall goes up. And I think if the wall goes up, you don't have even a chance to be an example or an influence. But if you can keep a friendly uh, relationship, that can really help. And the pendulum has swung a bit on that now. I think um, you can go to pretty much almost any restaurant and you can order something off menu or make some, you know, ask them to create something for you that that meets your dietary needs or desires. Um, and, um, and a lot of times we get, you know, instead of reactions now, we get good, really interesting, good questions about, you know, wanting to know more about it. And so um, I think the environment has changed a little bit and, and we really welcome that. We like that a lot. And, mm-hmm. and a lot of our, you know, people we know, of course, know how we live our lifestyle now. And so, they're very, they're very supportive and, um, you just don't but, really even, but sometimes it takes a while. Yeah. All right. So let, All yeah, right. yeah, we'll jump it back into that in a little bit. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about self. <clears throat> um, let's do one more click there. All okay. right. So self is where the mental and emotional game begins, but in ourselves is also where that mental emotional game can be lost. If it includes the following selfies, self-judgment, self-criticism, self-condemnation, self-loathing, or self-sabotage. When we're beating up on ourselves, it, it's not helpful. And it makes it really hard for us to make a change because we are too busy beating up on ourselves. And just think about how you feel when you kind of cycle through those words and read them in your mind and then compare that to this, um, because self is where the mental and emotional game can be won. Um, we've created what we call the self-love, compassion, well, the will of self-love, compassion, and care. And this is a little bit different. These are different selfies. Yeah, (laughs) these selfies are supportive. So when you're self-awareness, you're willing to see things as they are and notice without judgment where you are, what gets you stuck, what your strengths, what strengths move you forward. And you're aware of your thoughts and your feelings and your attitudes around food, and around weight and around health. So it's just a mindful awareness of where you are. And then that leads to the next one, self-acceptance. Loving yourself right where you are. And that's crucial, not judging ourselves. Sometimes when we're not where we wanna be, we, we have this inner critic, everybody does. This inner critic that just wants to beat up on ourselves. And through social comparison, 
or, or maybe the bathroom scale doesn't have the number that we want it to say on a particular day, or we don't like our clothing size, or maybe, you know, maybe we feel shame about those things, or even it's easy to feel shame about our health status. If we're not doing well and we're not healthy, it can really be easy to beat up on ourselves, but it's so much better if we have acceptance of where we are and we lovingly accept and value ourselves. We're still a valuable person worthy of our own love and esteem. And so just really accepting, not, not basing our, how much we accept ourselves on anything else, but just that we are a valuable human being who deserves to be loved and especially loved by ourselves. Which is the next point, Mm -hmm. self-compassion and applying self-compassion to to yourself. This is really a healthy starting point. Self-acceptance and self-compassion is a healthy starting point for any change. Uh, Loving yourself where you are is is a great place to start to love yourself into changing and becoming uh, more, you know, what you want to be. And then, of course, self-care. Now, self-care isn't, um, it might be a little bit different than what it sounds. Self-care is where you take the initiative to care for yourself in a way that helps you to, um, to improve. What would you, how would would you say say, that? Yeah. Self, let's just self-care is actually about, you know, doing for yourself the things that you need to do so that you can live the life you want to live. So whether you need to learn more skills, whether you need to improve your health and well-being, whatever it takes, just self-care is learning to care for yourself and um, so that you can live the life you want plain and simply. And then the more you have that self-care, you develop self-efficacy, which is just that confidence that you can, you're in charge of your, your vehicle. You're driving your kale truck, right? You are Mm -hmm. driving that truck and you can choose and you can have confidence that the choices you make are going to help you live the life that you want. Excellent. So All right. Go ahead. Self, self is also where the mental emotional game can be won. When you focus on your why, again, we're coming back to your why. And the why it really equals what you value in your life. So speaking of values, um, this is just another little metaphor. You know, if you have this Ferrari, what kind of fuel would you put into it? high grade, right? Absolutely. You'd put the highest quality of fuel because you want to take care of it. And our bodies are our most valued vehicle through life. I mean, they need to sustain us from the beginning to the end. And so of course they deserve the most premium fuel. And and that's part of self-care and self-love, self-compassion is the gratitude we have for this amazing body, right? We have amazing bodies that can do what our bodies do. It's incredible. Mm-hmm. And, and so if we can value it as this great prize, this vehicle through life, and then treat it with that same respect, giving it the fuel it needs, just as we would a fancy car. And then another value that really helps people most is, is thinking about their loved ones and their the our loved ones are like our most valued possession they deserve to have us they deserve us to prioritize our health so again coming back to values values build your why and they help you move from contemplation stage to preparation stage and then on to action they really prepare you for the action um, stage of change 
Um, love yourself enough to value your health and take action and get out of the burning building. That's our message. Make a list of your personal values. This is a great exercise um, for, for your listeners. If you want to try this, just make a list of personal values, such as your health and wellness, your family and friends, and a meaningful, well-lived life. And keep that in front of you. Um, it's important to review that in your life. Well, and, and also your personal values really can help you cultivate grit and resilience. So when it gets tough and when it's hard to make those decisions, just thinking on those values is going to give you that grit and resilience to keep moving forward. All right, another great tool, and we didn't put this on the thing before, but mindful awareness is huge. Mindful awareness is really can help with whole food plant-based success. Being uh, mindfully aware involves focusing on the present moment, noticing what's happening, but doing so without judgment. Sometimes that's where we go wrong. We start judging ourselves, and that's where we sabotage. But if we can just notice what's happening with no judgment, um, mindful awareness helps us slow down. So we have this picture of this hummingbird. And if you've ever watched a hummingbird in slow motion, you can just feel that, you know, we know how fast they go. And sometimes we all move through life in this hummingbird pace. But if we can just imagine being that hummingbird slowing down, slowing down enough that we can notice and name what's happening, where our triggers are, and then navigate them. And that is the, the power of mindful awareness. And there's another couple of slides that talks about it. Um, so here's the thing, and this is why where mindful awareness comes in. If we know how good a whole food plant-based diet is for us, why is it sometimes so hard to make the change and sustain the lifestyle? You know, what gets in the way? And so if we have that mindful awareness, we can analyze our thoughts and say, huh, what's going on with me? Oh, I'm, I'm having a fixed mindset. I'm saying, or, or maybe I'm having thinking traps. I'm in a thinking trap. Like yeah. a thinking trap is like, I never have been good at sticking with a diet. I don't do hard things. It's just too uncomfortable. And that's a thinking trap. It gets us stuck and keeps us from progressing. But we don't always notice the thinking traps unless we take time to have mindful awareness. And that is the power of it. And mm -hmm. so another question that's really powerful is just saying, what else might be true? You know, maybe I can learn to do hard things, you know, so you can answer mm -hmm. your own question when you find yourself in a thinking trap Just say, what else might be true? I guess I yeah. could learn to do this hard thing. Yeah, that curiosity know? and that growth mindset really help. And, and again, these are um, these are part of noticing the uh, the mindfulness, mindful awareness is part of noticing. And then you move from there into, well, what, what do I do to process? How do I change how I pro I'm processing this? And that's where you would use the CBT or the ACT models to, to figure out how to keep moving toward your values. All right. So a little bit more on mindful awareness. Um, I, are you familiar with Viktor Frankl? He was a Holocaust victim. Oh my, my favorite book of all time is Man's Search for Meaning. I mm -hmm. know, right? Just the things that, that he chose to, you know, he was really focused on his values. When you think of it, he, he wanted to see what was the difference between people who thrived and people who languished. And he, he watched that. And, and this was really key. He said, between stimulus and response, there is a space. And in that space is the power to choose. 
you know, sometimes we think we're helpless victims and we're pulled this way and we're pulled that way. But if we can keep in mind that mindful awareness to slow it down, that hummingbird who's now in slow motion, we can have that will help us have more psychological flexibility. And mindfulness helps us notice that stimulus, whatever it is that's tempting us to fall off the wagon. We can notice that mindfully be aware of it and then elongate that space that, you know, usually when we when we have a temptation or something that's calling to us, maybe a double cheese pizza or a chocolate (laughs) sundae, you know, like we just find ourselves we're eating it next thing we know we're we're, it's reactionary right it's very very instant like lightning so we want to slow it down and mindful awareness helps us elongate that space that victor frankel was talking about it doesn't need to be this short space just in our mind through mindful awareness we can make it bigger which gives us time to notice our thoughts and take perspective of what we're thinking what we're believing about food and about the situation. So when we seize that space to make a choice, we can do, we can make a wiser choice and we can act in alignment with our values. Whoops, there was one more oh, thing I wanted to grab off that. Okay. Um, um, and that's what helps us move forward towards our vision, towards our values. And it really is what's key to self-love and, and key to wellness. Loving yourself well is what I like to call it. <laughs> So whenever we try to change something as basic as our eating habits, it can trigger the stress response, which can cause an amygdala hijack, of course. Um, Can we explain? Do you know? Yeah. I don't know if everybody knows what the amygdala hijack is. No, Um, better tell us. Okay. Okay. So do you want to tell it or do you want me to? Well, it's very simple. The amygdala hijack is is kind of your protective brain. It's It's the part of your brain that reacts to 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 uh yeah to threat you mm-hmm. know and it can it often keeps you very safe because it's what gets you to step back off the street when a car is coming you suddenly notice a car is coming and you react you get out of danger's way that's what the amygdala does for us but it is also very reactive and so if um if your amygdala hijack happens around um around food for example then you're you're reactionary again mm-hmm. you you're reacting. Yeah. And what happens, and, and they've shown in studies what happens, that stress response and, and the amygdala sends out this alert. And so it's that fight, flight, freeze response. And it also shuts off areas of our body that are not needed, that are, you know, we're going to either fight, flight, or freeze, but we don't need to think is, is kind of how it is. Well, we do need to think, but our, our, system says, nope, no time for thinking. We just got to act. So if we're in the middle of a road and we need a kale truck is coming after us, <laughs> we got to get out of the middle of the road. Right. And, and so that's when a fight, flight, freeze response is helpful if we can act instantly. But there are times when this prefrontal cortex shuts off and we need to think, we need to be able to say, okay, I need to make a wise choice here. I need to elongate that space so I can think clearly but stress can actually cause it so that we are not thinking as clearly, you know, maybe we're feeling stressed. So we grab that bag of chips and before we know it, we've eaten that whole bag. And then we kind of come to from our amygdala hijack coma and we're like, Oh my gosh, I ate the whole bag of chips. What? You know, it's like, ah, and, and so, 
that stress response, if it kicks into this amygdala hijack where we're just not thinking, and um, that is something that we have to really watch closely for. So this mm-hmm. stress response, go ahead, I'll let you finish because I took over. Sorry. <laughs> well, no, the stress stress happens when you're trying to make a change from yeah. the status quo, what you normally do, and then you want to you want to take a detour and do something different. So stress happens, mm-hmm. and so when that stress happens, again, if you have the tools in place to mind be mindfully aware of it and then know how to name it, I'm, I'm, I'm in stress right now, or I'm depleted, I'm feeling stress, I can feel my body wanting to react, and go eat something that I, I don't really want to eat. Um, and then navigate it using the skills that they, that you have uh, built up in your life. So, so again, the antidote, the antidote here is to stay focused on your values as you build up new neural pathways. So there's a lot that, that we've learned in the last few years about neuroplasticity. You know, it used to be that people thought they were stuck, something bad happened in their life and then they're stuck in that trauma phase. But we now know that our brains have neuroplasticity. So when we learn a new habit, it can override the old habit. We're not stuck in that old habit forever. We can change and build these new neural pathways. So staying focused on our values can help us build those new neural pathways, which can be healthier. You know, as we said, you get you get stressed out if things aren't just status quo and, and we might resist that. But if we stick with it, build up those new neural pathways, then those more healthy choices can actually create a new status quo and we feel less stress over time making these better choices there's less stress Hmm. does that make sense yeah okay and you can really if you think about it going back a few slides if you think about applying that that self-acceptance self-awareness self-acceptance and self-compassion and self-care that's cycling through that that um, that will of self-care really can help you learn how to process these things and, and move through them. You're, you're going to experience emotions whenever you make a change. The question is, are you getting stuck in the emotions or you're moving through them in a healthy way so you can move to what you want to move toward? Yeah, we just have a few more slides because we actually have a salad that we want to make. So we're going to quickly finish up here. But okay. um, uh, the stress response can also interfere with, you know, maybe we have these old habits and and sometimes we feel like food is our comfort. Mm-hmm. It's the way we soothe ourselves. And it, and it typically is for people. We hear the term comfort food, right? And so food is our comfort. And, and then people starting a new way of eating, they're like, wait, what? I, I can't eat my comfort foods. I need my junk food to help me feel better. But the antidote for that is just to employ mindful awareness to discover new go-to sources of comfort and new um, things that you can do. You can ask yourself, what do I really need? Do I really need this food or am I craving something else? Maybe I'm craving connecting with other people or maybe I am maybe I could soothe myself by going for a run or dancing. We love to turn on music and dance, you know? That could be soothing or painting or running or making music or reading. There's so many things, you know, that we can do to, um, comfort ourselves besides just eating unhealthy food. And this one is about social bonding. A lot of times we comfort ourselves through the social connections that we have. And people think, well, my family and my friends, we bond around food. 
So food is what brings us joy. And that's great. There's so many good foods that you can bond around. Problem is when we bond around foods that are unhealthy for us. And so when you've decided to go on a whole food plant-based diet, you recognize you do need to change that, but you don't need to change your tradition of bonding around food. If you want to click again, we can bond around healthy food. And what we love to do is make, we call it healthified versions of the whole food plant-based or whole food plant-based healthified versions of our old family favorites that might be, you know, standard mm -hmm. American diet, but they can be converted. And also the same goes for, you know, playing games. We can do other things besides eating to bond. We can play games with the family. We can go for a walk or sing together, dance, you know, talking, laughing. There's so much we can do. It doesn't always have to be around food, but when we do want it to be around food, we can make a healthy food. And if you've, uh, again, if you've made those requests to your loved ones, the people you hang out with, um, and they, they become very supportive. So if, if you are bonding around food, everybody's bonding around the food that they like and people support you in what you decide to eat. All right. All right. So we just have the last three and we're just going to high, high, uh, high you, level, high level. That's the <laughs> word. We're going to give you the high level of the next three because we want to have at least five minutes to show you our one of our favorite salads. We've actually talked a lot about others already um, and, and how we uh, how we both re, uh, request of those who were around a lot that they support us in what we're doing, but we also find community uh, to, that is supportive of, of how we want to eat. And I want to say one more thing about mm -hmm. others, if that's okay, if you don't sure. mind clicking back. Yeah. Um, with others, it's really important. You always hear people say, you got to draw your boundaries. And, and it's true that we do need to draw boundaries, but I think it's also true that we need to build bridges. And so it's really helpful with a whole food plant-based diet where it's obvious that we're eating differently, but hey, we're both eating. Hey, we're both, you know, what, build do, we have bridges. In common? what do we have in common? Mm -hmm. We're both eating, you know, what do we have in common? We're family, we're friends. So as much as possible, build bridges rather than draw boundaries. And when you do have to draw boundaries, draw boundaries that support the relationship rather than sever the relationship. And that's a Very huge thing. Um, just, and, and then we love nonviolent communication. We share that a lot with our clients. You can learn about that online as well. And that's just where maybe you feel like somebody has crossed your boundaries. You can express to them what you need in a way that doesn't seem con confrontational. Mm -hmm. And so you can or save, judgmental. right. Mm -hmm. And you can save the relationship by being able to communicate in those ways. So developing healthy communication skills. So the next one after that is surroundings, which basically is setting up your surroundings to make it easier for yourself to succeed by eliminating the temptations that might be there, but also putting in place the things that will support your new way of living. So any food, food items in your kitchen, your pantry, or your home, if they don't support your, your new whole food plant-based lifestyle, then get rid of them. Just don't make them accessible. And then fill your, fill your kitchen with with um <laughs> there you go <laughs> fill your kitchen with um lots of whole, healthy whole food plant-based meal options um that both snacks and full meals that you can turn to whenever you uh want to um i often will just cut up veggies and i eat love them. that when he does that <laughs> I, I, I love i love just it's you know kind of a replacement for like potato chips 
um, cutting up cucumbers or cutting up um, even slices of a sweet potato and eating it raw is really good. You'll just have this beautiful tray of veggies, which, which is just so nice to be able to, sometimes you want a snack and there it is. It's so easy. It's right there. Mm -hmm. Easy to No grab. cooking required. It's just cut it up and you've got like finger foods that can last you all day. It's amazing. Yeah. Okay. So that's setting up your surroundings. Next is the last one is skills. You, you, go, you go ahead. I've talked well, skills, we've talked a little bit about some of the, well, notice, name, and navigate. Navigating is where you're em employing the skills that you've learned basically in, um, in um, cognitive behavioral techniques or your appreciative inquiry where you're envisioning what you want in your life um, and, or act skills that, that you lead you toward your values and help you to diffuse the things that that are um, the thoughts, feelings and emotions that are working against you helps you to diffuse those and refocus on the values what you want to move toward in your life. Those are the skills that you were, we're trying to create with these techniques. But there's also skills such as learning how to cook plant based, you know, mm -hmm. so many people say to me, well, how do you fry your onions? It's like, you just stick them in a pan and you fry them. You don't need, you don't even need water. You just can fry them in a pan and who knew, you know, but, but you can, and you don't need oil and learning how to cook with natural sweeteners rather than sugar and refined products, um, learning how to do batch cooking so that that supports you. You're not slaving over the stove for hours and hours every day. You've done some batch cooking. And so you have foods that are already ready. Um, so just learning those practical skills, really making it fun um, is, is so great. Um, making it an adventure, a whole food plant-based adventure where, where maybe you learn to cook foods from other countries and, and um, just all of that can make it fun and enjoyable. You're building your skills and it doesn't need to feel like a chore. It can just feel like a great adventure that you're going on. Okay. So with just a little support from your sauce, your meaning your science, self, others, surroundings, and your skills, you too can win the mental emotional gain of optimal weight and wellness with a whole food plant-based diet. And that's the message that we love to share. And thank you so much for listening. Um, we just want to quickly show you, it's not really cooking our salad because it's more like assembling. Um, do we have time for the, to do Absolutely. that? Absolutely, you sure All do. Right. Okay, we'll just do a real quick assembly of something delicious to eat. I'm Let me stop go grab sharing. my tray. Give me a second okay. while, I, while I stop the share. And Chef AJ, do you have any questions or thoughts on any of that? Other than it's just fabulous because a lot of times people just focus on changing the diet, but not all the aspects that you talked about that go along with it that make it difficult for some people to make the change. Mm -hmm. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. 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 And it's amazing. Um, you know, when you feel the urgency of a, of a serious health crisis, that can really get you to do it. And, and we were so good at it when we first um, did it because we were afraid for life, but other times it can be harder. Do you want to go get the salad? Please? Oh yeah. Sure. All right. So this is uh, one of the places where we sometimes eat, but they have a lot of salt. So we've started making our own. They call this nuts about berries, but we call it nuts over berries and um, we can eat it and it's healthy. And, Oh, did I bring the quinoa? 
Oh, there it is. Okay. All right. So this is the nuts over berries. And we've got, and I can, I don't know how you would like us to share the recipe, but if you have it in like in a PDF or Word, I can put it in the show notes. I do. Okay. okay. We'll, we'll do that. that. You just get so that. if you want to read the number of, so I think we have four cups of spinach. And then I cheated on this. This is actually supposed to be one cup, but I actually probably put two cups. This is different greens, such Mixed as. Greens. Mm -hmm. Do you know where the utensils went that were in that? No. Over there? Um, no. I'm grab some. Okay. I'll be right back. All right. So, so this is just mixed greens. Um, Sometimes I like to put arugula in it. It does have that little bit of a bitter taste, but sometimes that's really fun to have in there. So really it's just your favorite greens. Spinach, it could also be romaine lettuce. It could be these dark green uh, field greens is what we have. And then um, after that, we have our strawberries. And this little gadget, I'm gonna let Rick do this. He's really good at doing this, but just this little gadget. So I'm gonna have him do you want to do the strawberries? He's doing a, it. Rick is a really good sous chef. He's, oh, am I doing it here? Yeah. Yeah, I do. So, I do what she tells me. <laughs> All right. So you go ahead and do that. And then, so a cup of strawberries, sliced strawberries. And then we have a cup of blueberries. And basically, we are just assembling this salad, pouring in the blueberries, pouring in the cup of blackberries. And then. Now, um, I know Dr. Esselstein says if you are worried about cardiovascular issues, you probably don't want to do the a lot of nuts, okay? And so I'm putting in a few nuts, but um, you really have to be careful. I'm not even going to put all of the nuts that are there. I feel like that's probably enough. And then pumpkin seeds. So those were almonds, slivered almonds, and then pumpkin seeds. And then we've got our strawberries and you get to go ahead and add that in. All right. Thank you. And we love this. Look how colorful it is. I especially just in the summer There's to see all these, up. to see all these vibrant go. colors. They're just so beautiful. And then, um, then quinoa. what I like to do is add quinoa and the recipe called for a, a cup and a half. And I made this recipe, but some people might not like quinoa that much. I like it to be hearty and I like to feel like, hey, I'm getting my protein too, as well as my greens and my fruits. But if you don't like quinoa that much, you can always cut it down. What I do is put a little bit of cinnamon on the quinoa and that way it gives kind of that cinnamony taste. Let's mix it up. And then go ahead and mix that. Let's see what's missing. Where's okay. The oh, there it is. And then... Pecans are really good in this. I don't, we don't always do this, but some people they're used to the pecans uh, on nuts about, or nuts over berries. A lot of times when you get a salad like that, they have pecans that are like praline pecans, right? They're, they've got tons of sugar and they've been cooked in butter, cooked in butter and brown sugar. So we found a trick is just to um, take a little drizzle, like, for this many, this is a half a cup of pecans. And I just took one teaspoon of, of uh, maple, maple syrup, syrup. Yeah. that was, you know, the real maple syrup. 
just one teaspoon for the half a cup. And I just stirred it and stirred it and stirred it, stuck it in the oven for just a few minutes on 350. And then it just makes this nice crispy pecan. Now, again, if, if you're worried about heart disease or cardiovascular issues, you wouldn't want to put the nuts on, but some people really love the taste of the pecans in there. All right, and so that's basically, well, the raspberries are gonna go in the salad dressing. Oh, and I okay. feel like the, the bigger yeah, issue for so, people, yeah. there's that beautiful salad. And um, the bigger issue for people is they always say, what in the world do you eat on your salads? Like I couldn't eat salad without salad dressing. And the funny thing is, we pretty much no. don't eat salad dressing because we love the taste of the fruit. We love the taste of the greens, but for someone who's just starting out and, and really that, that sauce, again, we're back to the sauce, the sauce can help. And so if the sauce helps make it more enjoyable for you, make that salad dressing, but it doesn't need to have oil in it. So we're gonna go ahead and make this um, raspberry vinaigrette. We've got our little bullet here. I guess you can see that. All right, Here. let me move these. I just, I just pulled these out to show you. Normally the recipe calls for red wine vinegar, but I found this one. And, and so we're using this one today. It's raspberry infused vinegar, which I thought that's kind of interesting. And it actually has a really good flavor, raspberry infused vinegar. That sounds delicious. Who makes it? Well, this one was it looks like private selection. So maybe that's a target. Like thing. a fries. I think or it's no, fries or Smith's or Kroger. Like a Kroger brand, I think is private selection. But it's really, really tasty. So we're using that one today. Do you want to do the honors of here's a cup of freshly washed? All of these fruits, of course, are freshly washed ahead of time. And the and I got a story about the spinach, but I'll tell you in a minute. <laughs> Um, if you don't want to spinach, yeah. So there's the raspberries. It's a half a cup of water that just helps it mix. And then you, I, I did the um, maple syrup, two tablespoons, but you really could use dates since you're going to put it in the bullet anyway, and you're going to blend it. I like to use um, one. If they're the big dates, I'll use one date is equivalent to a tablespoon of maple, maple syrup. syrup. And it may not be quite as sweet. I'm not gonna pour all of that. I'm just gonna pour some of that in there. Um, but yeah, so my new favorite is to use the dates instead, but we were in a hurry and I, I didn't have some good dates on hand. So um, again, one large date is equal to a tablespoon of maple syrup. And then here is the it calls the for two vinegar. teaspoons. It's yep. It calls for two teaspoons. Um, and Rick doesn't like vinegar, but I actually snuck three teaspoons in there. I'm okay with vinegar. You're okay with that now? Oh, wow. He's raspberry going. vinegar. Sure. Yeah. Okay, good. And this is okay. amazing. I mean, when you watch, watch this and hope I don't splatter all over myself because sometimes it does. It's so going to be noisy. Excuse the noise for a minute. And that's it. And it's amazing. Just raspberries, vinegar, water, and a little Sorry. bit of sweetener. Tightened that. Well, I'm glad you tightened it. Otherwise, it might have ended up all over me. <laughs> there you go. There you go. And isn't that beautiful? It's it the is, most beautiful color. Beautiful color. Well, beautiful color. And it's so tasty. I wish we could share it with you, Chef AJ, because 
just the smell. It's so tasty and so fresh and it'll keep a couple of days in the fridge. We don't pour on it on there. the salad until we're ready to eat it. Otherwise, you know, you can't have leftovers of the salad. So we wait and we pour it on right before we eat it. So you get your berries, you get your greens, you get your quinoa, your, your whole grains, protein. Yeah. Awesome. So, um, yeah. So this is one of our favorite salads that we eat in the summer. We want to end with a little uh, funny story real quick. Um, do you want to grab that plate? So as I was measuring out the spinach, I have to confess, I don't always wash my greens, but I'm going to from now on because can't really see it. I don't think it's no, it's it. hiding. As oh. I was putting this salad together, I found a little, oh, you can't really see it. We needed an up close picture. It was a, a ladybug, a ladybug <laughs> on my spinach. So I am now from now on vowing that I am going to wash my spinach. Usually I'll just take it out of the container and I figure they washed it, but it says on the package washed three times. Yeah. But, but yeah, I would highly recommend from now on. Apparently you need that fourth. Hey, but ladybug is a lot more pleasant than other things you could have found. Yeah, it's true. true. But you know, I, I don't eat animals. So <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Well, Rick, I know you said you didn't love vinegar, but just for being on the show, you get two free bottles of California balsamic and you might find a flavor in their repertoire that you actually like. Oh, absolutely. And we actually do love that. We have tried yeah. that. It's so delicious. Nice. Thank, thank you. you so Thanks. much. You know, just one more question, because people always want to know what healthy people eat for a day. So maybe you could take us through breakfast, lunch, dinner and exercise habits. Yeah. Uh, yeah, sure. Um, let's see. Why don't we just, we'll both go. Okay. Okay. Well, together in the morning, we eat, um, we eat oatmeal yeah. basically. And we use it with a nut milk over it. And we usually have either berries. We almost always have blueberries. We have bananas. Um, also we'll slice up apples or pears to put on there. We usually put flax seed. We put papitas, pumpkin seeds. Um, we put, um, Sometimes I'll add chia and hemp seeds to it. Uh, and then we'll put a little cinnamon on there as well. Um, that's always good. What other varieties like our do we do? Oatmeal Sunday. Well, in the yeah. summer, if we have peaches, we love peaches on there, kind of a peaches and cream kind of thing. Um, Rick loves to put raisins on his, and I think raisins and bananas don't mix, so I don't put the raisins on mine. <laughs> I, I just put it all on there. I don't He's, care. You just got this big, beautiful bowl, and it really is like an oatmeal Sunday. Uh -huh. Um, so, as far as exercise, we, we try to exercise every morning, three mornings a week, uh, we go running, running and then yeah. three mornings a week, we each do our own weight training, we, pro, you know, we'll run three miles, uh, on Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday, we'll run three miles together, run, walk. Sometimes we'll walk part of it uphill. If there's an uphill kind and of like we'll intervals, run the other parts, mm -hmm. but, um, and then, yeah, then we'll do weight training, strength training, the others or, or, um, high intensity, um, and then lunch. Yeah, well, mm. lunch, um, I usually just make like a veggie sandwich, maybe some hummus and some veggies or just a veggie sandwich. I'm, I'm really simple on the lunch part. And then dinner. And it, well, lunch, oh, ahead. What do you lunch I'll eat something like this, basically, yeah, yeah. Um, with some with some whole wheat bread. Um, yeah, because he has so a that's... beautiful salad bar where he works. Um, mm -hmm. and so he, he just can load it up with all kinds of incredible stuff. I, I, I really put a lot of stuff on there that she's just like, that's not a salad. Well, he mixes the beans with, 
But, he mixes the beans with the strawberries. So, you I'll, know, we laugh about our differences. But I put I, I put a big thing of greens in the middle and I'll put, you know, other veggies on top of it. But on the corner, on the side, I'll put, this is like my fruit part over yeah. here. And then on this side is kind of my beans and quinoa part. So <laughs> it's like all in the same container, but it's just separated. So, it's you know, it's like a middle. And then for dinner, we keep it really simple. I would say most days of the week, like I, I do plan it out, meal plan for the whole week. Um, we eat leftovers at least two or three days a week, probably mostly two days a week. Um, so I'll make something, if I make something really fancy, I double it. So kind of a batch cooking thing so that we can eat it again. Or if I cook potatoes, I'll cook a lot of them so that I can have so we can have a potato bar one day and maybe a potato salad another day. And so mm -hmm. we kind of do a little bit of the batch cooking thing. Um, but rice bowls, you know, yeah. um, Mexican food, pasta. Italian pasta. Mm -hmm. So um, you can make you can make every type of food. Yeah. 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 You guys are great. If people want to work with you or learn more about you, I'm sure you're going to give us everything for the show notes where they can find Absolutely. you, social media, your website and all of that. Yeah. yeah. Well, thanks so much for having us on yeah. your show. Thank I you. I learned so much. I'm going to watch this presentation again. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Chef AJ. Take care. My pleasure. And thanks all of you for watching another episode of Chef AJ Live. Please come back tomorrow for another fabulous guest.